0: Okay, everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Boostly podcast. This is the podcast that gives you the tools, the tactics, the trainings, and most importantly, the confidence to go out there and get yourself some direct bookings. My name is Liam Carrollan, and I'm Mark Simpson's co-host. Today, we are going behind another host. So this is the Boostly Behind the Host mini-series where we get to talk to interesting and inspiring hosts from all over the world. Uh, Today, we're talking to Garrett Holden from Trippy Homes. Uh, We're going to be talking some various bits and pieces. We're going to find out his story and talk about how to host while creating some fun and unique spaces for your guests. So welcome along, Garrett. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get started by you uh, just introducing yourself a little bit about where in the world you host and what kind of model that you use um, and who tends to stay there.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Garrett Holden, as you mentioned, me and my wife, Sherry, we have two kids, uh, four-year-old and two-year-old, another baby coming in July. So we're super excited for that. Uh, We also have two dogs. And yeah, we started our business, Trippy Homes, just to get more involved in real estate and specifically in short-term rentals and to be able to quit our nine to five jobs. Uh, So we're actually in the great state of Texas in USA. All our properties are in San Antonio. Uh, most people haven't heard of that city, but a lot of people have heard of Austin, Texas. And uh, Live ma- live music capital of the world and all the tech companies that go there. We're actually about an hour and a half south of there. Uh, so that's where all of our properties are located as of right now. It's where we grew up and we'll probably be here for
0: as long as I can tell. <laughs> I love that. And it's, it's a booming market from what I understand. It's been a busy busy couple of years for, um, for Texas in general, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I
1: mean, especially... Yeah, I, a lot of people don't think of San Antonio as a big hub, but just me living here the past fifteen twenty years is—I've seen so much change. Construction all the time,
0: everywhere. <laughs> That's amazing. So, who who do you tend to host? Is it more leisure, or is it some of these sort of tech companies, sort of people working and, and things like that? Yeah. So
1: we find a lot of—I um, guess a mix. So a lot of people that are coming here for work, uh, their companies will you know house them for a couple months at times. Um, mm. We also find a lot of leisure people. Uh, being so close to Mexico, um, we have a lot of guests that come from Mexico to visit San Antonio and visit family here. Yeah, that, that'd be two of the biggest. I would say that we host. Um, we really try to focus our avatar though on families that are traveling.
0: That's cool, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we can uh, appeal to families with some of your cool designs shortly. But before we do, you mentioned there that yourself and your wife look to start this business to get out of the the day to day work. So. First question uh, around that is, do you work full-time or part-time in the business? And also, um, what is your favorite thing that you've discovered about being a host? Yeah, so
1: to answer your first question, yes, I do still work full-time. I guess our Airbnb is kind of like a part-time job. I I work full-time as a financial services representative. I've been doing that since we started hosting uh, four years ago now. My wife, she was a medical assistant. She since quit that job just to stay at home with the kids and help out in our business. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we were in terms of the um, our jobs.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's what's cool about this is that we talk to hosts in various different uh, circumstances all the time. Some people have literally just got their first unit. Some people have got like fifty units, and anywhere in between. And what's cool uh, with yourself, Garrett, is the fact that. You know, you've you've not only just got started, but you've now got. Um, I think you said seven units. Is that how many you've got at the moment? Yeah. So I can tell you actually a funny story on how we got started, if you'd like. Yeah, definitely.
1: I guess spoiler alert: we wouldn't have gotten started if it wasn't for my wife. My wife's family she they gifted her a home, um, in San Antonio. But we actually had to move to another city for my work when I graduated from university. So we had to figure out what we wanted to do with this home. We didn't want to sell it. And we didn't want to rent it out long term because we still wanted to be able to use it for ourselves, for family or for times that we came to visit um, as well. So my wife decided to list on Airbnb. I thought it was a terrible idea. That was it back in 2018, 2019. And I was like, no one's going to rent this place. I mean, why would anyone rent it? But as you can probably guess, she won that debate and so we listed it and hoped to just make enough money to pay the property taxes and you know any other kind of maintenance that comes up but it ended up doing a lot greater than that the first year posting the house was fully paid off uh, we had no mortgage on it so we could have just kept like collecting that income
0: mm-hmm. um and left it at that but we just decided to grow the business from there that's cool and do you know what's nice about that is the fact like you say if you hadn't taken that step you wouldn't know what you know now about who you can host like you said who will come and stay here but actually you discover that and you get to grow from there so your model at the moment that you've got the seven units is it all the same sort of model or do you do a couple of different models is it is it rental arbitrage is it management how do you do it or is it purchased homes
1: yeah great question so i can walk through how unorganized we were (laughs) Uh, we started in the ownership model in that home that we owned we then dabbled in rental arbitrage a little bit we had three properties um that we did rent that rental arbitrage master lease model with. And then we do some management as well right now. So currently we manage three properties. Uh, we own four and we're almost done finishing up a renovated school bus actually that we're going to start nice. renting out. So that's, we can talk about more of that later. But um, so yeah, with those three rental arbitrage properties, we just offloaded them because we just decided that model wasn't really aligned with what our goals were. Very mm-hmm. profitable and all that, but we just found that, we had less control over things like maintenance and doing some unique remodeling, and decided to just focus on the ownership model. The properties we manage, two of those are for our mothers, so we just we just manage those out of the goodness of our hearts. you know they've helped us so much we want to give back and help them a little bit. And we managed one other property for another family, but we we decided that the management rental arbitrage just wasn't wasn't in line with what we wanted to do. so and we have to, you know, report back to landlords felt like we were just kind of in another job. Mm-hmm. So we just focus on that ownership model to create those, you know, fun and unique spaces that you can't really do too much with like a cookie cutter home.
0: Do you know, that's so refreshing to hear, though, because a lot of the time people saying, hey, do rental arbitrage, you know, really, it's great cash flow, but it is good cash flow. But the trouble, like you've mentioned there, is the fact and, and I can, um, I guess what you're saying, really, hits home with me because I with a rental arbitrage and a management model. And the trouble is with the arbitrage model or rent-to-rent as, as as we call it or rent-to-service accommodation in the UK is that although the cash flow can be good, that when something goes wrong or when something's a little bit tired and needs replacing, you're having to ask permission for, for landlords. And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no, sometimes they won't put in the money for it when you feel for your hospitality business, it needs to be updated and it can get a little bit... Um, a little bit frustrating, I guess, at times. So it's a really interesting point that you've made there that sometimes if you're looking, what what I'm hearing from yourself is that you're creating really cool and unique spaces. I mean, we're we're going to be talking more about that bus, but um, it's something which you can only do when you've got a little bit more control. And this is the great thing about every person's hospitality business. We were just saying before we got started is a little bit different. And how you want to run your business is to give that unique uh, that unique feel to it, which you just couldn't do with an arbitrage. So you're best to, you know, cut those ones out. And like you say, go for for the ones that you can have full control over, which is amazing. So what has been the main benefit from that journey that you've been on? Is it, have, Do you feel as though, looking back, do you think you should have always gone down the arbitrage route to learn what you have now? Or would you say you'd have rather avoided that altogether?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, the arbitrage model—it's not wrong, you know. It's not a bad thing. The management model either—it helped us get to where we are. You know, it made us income to be able to buy more properties. So a lot of—it's a lower, I guess, cost to entry than putting a huge down payment on a house and all that. Yeah. So I, have one of my best friends—he—I got him started in the arbitrage model, and he's doing great. And good, and he wants to buy a home next year, and hopefully with that income that he made from there, he can do that. So it's—it's it's nothing wrong with it. I—I I think it's a great model. It's just you know, eventually you. You find what you want to focus in on, and you know you learn from what you've already done and decide from there
0: cool cool so let's um, let's go a little bit deeper then. so when you've switched or when you you've got your career at the moment and you're looking to to grow this business, what does success look like to you, and what would where do you want this business to to go? Yeah, so
1: I guess success to me is just really having the time to be able to design my time how I want to use it, not someone else. So for example, like I said, I work a nine to five job. They tell me I have to work from nine to five every Monday through Friday or whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, it kind of feels like I'm just building someone else's dream. And don't get me wrong. I I appreciate my company for giving me that opportunity. That's a stable income, benefits, it's huge value. And it's, it's helped a lot just grow our business, you know, to have that income coming in. But yeah, I guess just Having that time to be able to design my day myself and choose what I want to do, and that's not saying I want to just be lazy and you know drink margaritas on the beach every day. I'm <laughs> I'm a I'm a workaholic. Even when I'm off work, I'm always trying to do something work related. But just being having the ability to to dictate my, where my time is spent,
0: that's what I really truly value and what I think success means to me. It's so important, isn't it, just to have your own time and be in control of of your life, which is which is what hospitality allows you to do. So. Before we dive more into the, the unique spaces, you mentioned that you've still got your full-time uh, career and you're managing these uh, alongside that. So what tech in your business do you use which uh, which allows you to do that? Is there a favorite either system or app or piece of tech?
1: Uh, yeah, I have a few systems and pieces of tech. So one of the ones I've been using a lot recently is uh, Operto. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, a, they, they do a lot of things, like smart locks, thermostats, um, all kinds of other noise monitoring. It's like a hub for all of those things. Uh, we use them for our smart locks to create unique codes for guests and that automatically gets sent out to them through our PMS hostfully. Uh, we also use them to control our temperature with our smart thermostat. So we live in Texas, it gets super hot here and it's not very efficient to leave the air conditioning running when there's nobody in the house. I've had months where our utility bill is like four hundred dollars, and there won't even be anyone in the house. So their uh their software basically um changes the temperature when a guest leaves the property, and will turn it back on to whatever temperature you set when they get when the next guest checks into the property. So it saved us a lot on electricity costs. Definitely better for the environment, I'm sure as well. So yeah, we've been using them a lot and really loving their service. Um, as far as
0: project uh- management. Just jumping in with Aperto, I mean that is amazing, and I I've heard of Aperto. Um, it's not one that I use in my business, but that is an amazing time saver, isn't it? Because even today, I mean, before we jumped on this, I was talking about as we record this, we're in December, uh, 2022, and it's freezing where I am. It's it's not ever so warm where you are, and it's just so important, isn't it, to have some sort of way of having when your guests check in, it feeling welcoming and warm, and at the same time not costing you. Uh, the earth every time they've checked out and then there's long periods of, of it being used without without anyone being in so aperto sounds really awesome and uh, certainly i'll check them out and i'm sure people listening will do
1: yeah absolutely and, you know you can set it to whatever temperatures you want and their customer support's super awesome um, you know i'll just tell them like, hey i want it set to this temperature three hours before the guest checks in or whatever time you want and they can change those settings so every little minute detail you want it's super helpful but yes, as far as other services I use, um, Price Labs, huge one, I don't think, you know, I don't think I could have done any of my pricing without them, mostly just because I don't I don't think I should charge as much as they think I should charge. And so, you know, I'll be like, how is that place getting booked for whatever, $300 a night when I think it's maybe worth 150 but people book it and, you know, just kind of that validation that, you know, they have all the data, I don't. So it helps a lot with that, with pricing. And um, the last one I would say is open phone. I've been using that one as like a phone service. And there's also other ones like Google Voice or Grasshopper. I think is another popular one. But I think just having a phone service to separate your business from your personal has been really important for me. Just instead of getting texts on my personal phone all day, you know, I'm not sure if it's an Airbnb message or uh, Verbo or something, or if it's just a friend that's texting me. This service, it's still just an app on my phone, but it clearly delineates like, hey, this is an open phone call or message. So I'm like, I can call and answer the phone and say, hey, this is Gary from Trippy Homes." not, oh, hello, who is this?
2: <laughs> Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in book, direct playbook or the book, direct blueprint, and uh, we'll see you on either side.
0: Yeah, it's, you make a really good point that the fact so many hosts out there have their personal life and their business so interlinked that there's no escape from it. So whether or not you've got that text going off and you think, oh you know i i still remember the time when i had all things coming through to my phone and it would make me panic every time i got a an alert or something like that because you'd go oh is it is it something i've got to really pay attention to or is it like you say just a friend you know messaging in a group chat or something like that so yeah open phone is a great one and i know it's only currently available in the us but um for those who are listening in and you're looking for a similar sort of service where it's like a virtual phone number where you can monitor and text and call and do voicemail from it, we use JustCall, and um, that's very similar to OpenPhone, but both fantastic pieces of software. If I could, I would use OpenPhone, but we don't have it over here yet. So amazing. And I heard you mention your PMS as well, Hostfully. Um, So how do you find Hostfully? Is there any... uh, what, What do you like most about Hostfully as a PMS?
1: Yeah, so I actually was on Hospitable for the longest time, and I think for the, you know people starting out, Hospitable has everything you need. You know, sync your calendars has really great like uh, automated messages and like tools. I guess for determining or for um, I guess I would call it AI for determining like what a guest like um, is saying in their message, and it will automatically reply to them with mm-hmm. a certain type of uh, message. But um, uh, we ended up switching to Hostfully just because we started doing the management model, and it provided a little more integration and made things a little smoother i would say the the messaging capacities aren't, aren't as great as spittable but in terms of the actual management portion of it all it's it's a lot more robust system I pull a lot more reports and things like that that i've been using and it makes the listing on several different platforms really quick and easy you just kind of put it on hostfully
0: and it shares it off to airbnb verbo everywhere it needs to go And that's that's one of the things we often hear from hosts, and especially, I mean, there'll be people listening Go well, I'm not sure which PMS to go for. You Mm -hmm. just mentioned that Hospitable is a great one to get started with. And and it truly is because it does so much for such a good price as well Uh, with Mm -hmm. Hospitable. they're, They're so affordable. But one of the things that we often notice when we're talking to people on Behind the Host is that every hospitality business is so different and every need of that business can be different. And depending on what the needs of the business are will depend on will specify really what pms you should be considering and in this case uh, hostfully that you've gone for are very good with their enhanced reporting and and they allow you a little bit more information than than hospitable so um that's really cool that you've identified and switched to a different pms how did you find the journey switching from hospitable to hostfully or do you still use hospitable for your messaging
1: no I, i don't use hospitable anymore um it was a pretty smooth transition, honestly, that I had, I think, two or three meetings with Hostfully, and they made it very simple to get everything onto their system, but we didn't make it live until you know everything was on there, everything was good and ready, and then we switched on the switch, turned it on Hostfully, just so that nothing would get lost in you know, a booking or something that we forget about or doesn't get transferred over. Um, but th- they were really good about making sure that everything was on there to my liking before we actually
0: turned on the switch to make it live on hostfully that's cool because sometimes hosts are a little bit worried about you know making a switch and that cool uh, that's i, I think, was too yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's natural isn't it but it is easier than it ever used to be to to switch which is which is nice so let's dive into the unique homes aspect um why have you called your business trippy homes because i think it's an awesome name and i'd love to find out why and what is the unique aspect talk us through um, some of the kind of designs in your, in your properties.
1: Yeah, sure. So trippy homes, this came, I honestly I can't remember why we thought of it. We thought it was a funny name. We thought it would uh, catch people's attention. And, you know, it's like you take a trip somewhere, you vacation, you know, and it just kind of worked. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, like <that>. like... <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. It's the pun as well. It is trippy. You're going on a trip, aren't you? And as yeah. well, it's got uh, trippy, I mean, I've checked out some of your places, and um, you know the some of the designs—they they are a bit trippy. They're about out out there, aren't they? Which is cool. The um, yeah, the corn, you know, like that sort of thing, which is cool. Oh
1: yeah, that one as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of people they they compliment our logo a lot. So if you want to check it out, you can go to our website trippyhomes.com, and I don't know, everyone loves that logo. We've Thought about selling stickers for it. Maybe get to that at some point. But but yeah, yeah. as far as the unique homes go, um, we try to just create like a a theme i guess that's kind of like in your face um it's different from all the other cookie cutter homes out there because we started we used to host those homes right like just a regular suburban home where you know it has a couch a bed and not a ton of decoration but it's it works right it's a accommodation it's all you really need a place to sleep but later down our journey i guess we we decided to really make it a place not only to sleep but a place to create an experience and a memory so, yeah, like you mentioned, we have the corn themed house um, that's in a city right outside San Antonio called Hellotus. Hetus in Spanish. Um, they in some language that related to Spanish uh, related to corn, right? So um we made this whole house, corn themes. it's There's a popcorn room, and it's got, you know art, popcorn art. The bed sheets are popcorn, red and white stripes. It's got little popcorn pillows. There's a corn dog room. A pink corn room, um, all, all kinds of corns, even corn side tables that I've never seen before. But they're really cool. But yeah, we just went really in on that corn theme, and it's done really well. I I feel like it stands out across all the other Airbnb's. If you see one, and you'll see the name of it. It's called the Corniest Property in Texas, is what we titled like it. I like that. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm seeing there's a lot of puns in the yeah. business. And do you know what what you're doing is you you're stopping that scroll. One thing we say in Boostly is is you, you've got to capture attention. There's people have got so many things thrown at them, so much information. And certainly when they're looking for homes on places like Airbnb or on any of the online travel agents, you've got a very short time to capture their attention. And if you can do that with something that stands out in the room, and instantly for me, it was them corn side tables and the cornea, you know, and then I spotted the name and I was like, ah, I get it. I see what you're doing. And, and instantly when people are then thinking, well, where should I book? Because they might look at a few homes But the one that will come to mind first is the one that stands out, which is what you're doing there, which is, uh, which is a really cool, uh, cool way. And you, I know you've got like a cactus, cactus one you mentioned as well. Right. Yeah.
1: We actually just finished. um, We just finished remodeling that one last month. Actually, it was like a year long remodeling project uh, disaster half the time, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's cactus themed. Um, Again, we went really, really deep on the cactus theme, try to put a cactus pillows and, wallpaper that's cactus there's an actual room that's just uh, we created an instagram room mm-hmm. it's got like a ring light a polaroid camera there's cactus wallpaper all around it just to take some pictures there and say you
0: say it's a cactus themed house <laughs> yeah. i mean that that tip that you've got there i mean just and this is something which i've done in one of my units not in all of the units but is that ring light with uh, you know somewhere where they can take a picture, just a, a thing which says, hey, this is where you take pictures and instantly it's an activity. And also when they share, they should be sharing and tagging your company in on, online to be able to then advertise your company and potentially you get more bookings off the back of that, which is cool. Right. So what would be the advice, uh, I know before we, before we move on, you mentioned the bus. We've got to talk about the bus. Oh, right, um, the
1: bus. Yeah, remember. how did
0: that come around and, and when is it launching? Um, Yeah, so the bus, we
1: basically, we bought the bus because we wanted a, like an RV kind of thing to travel around with and um, also just rent out on the side when we're not using it. Um, So it was a school, old school bus, the fully renovated inside. There's no seats in it anymore. It's got, um, you know, a bed, a shower, a toilet, a microwave, everything you can think of like in a kind of like a tiny home. Um, We painted the whole thing pink. So now it's a pink bus and it's called the basic B is what we're calling it. (laughs) but um that should be launching here probably in the first week of january if all goes well it's been a a struggle to you know remodeling houses one thing because but remodeling a bus is a totally different animal i never even thought how that would work out but after six months it's worked out (laughs)
0: so yeah, i'm glad i'm glad to hear it and of course uh, by the time this even goes out there might be uh you know it it may be ready so that'll be on your website then so trippyhomes.com correct yeah that'll be on there it'll be on there definitely i'm gonna go check that one out so um yeah this this will remind me when i listen to this this back at the time so i mean that's one of the things creating unique spaces is this the future of trippy homes then are you going to be looking to create more of these kind of themed and what is the benefit of of doing these is does it um are you finding that they get more in terms of the nightly revenue
1: yeah, so that it is our goal just to create more unique spaces like this. Um, I I do think it creates a, a higher nightly revenue because you're selling not just a home but you're selling an experience, like we said, right? I I do think that's the future of Airbnb and short-term rentals in general. The the market's at least here in the U.S. Are getting pretty saturated with a lot of Airbnbs, and in Texas, are there's not a lot of regulations to make it harder to start a short-term rental, so they're popping up all over the place. I think San Antonio and Houston, Texas were one of the top three in terms of number of short term rentals that have gone into the market in the past year. So it's um it's definitely made it a little more difficult to stand out, but creating these unique properties, I think that's the future to get people to, to book. And yeah, our next property that we're actually remodeling right now is a five bedroom luxury property that we're making all candy themed. So, you know, not candy is in like cotton candy but you know like a chocolate room a Mm -hmm. nice uh luxury feel
0: to this candy theme of a home you know it sounds fun as well and and part of what business should be should be fun you know it should be i know and we'll come on to this in a second there's there's been challenges i'm sure along the way but when it comes down to the stuff you do if if you're creating something which is fun that you can see the the joy in your guests will see the joy in that too so um, that's amazing so Let's come on to that then. Is is there been any challenges, and since you've started this business, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, definitely quite a few challenges.
1: Um, I would say my biggest challenge that I just have to deal with personally is, um, I guess my my control. I, I'm I'm a big control freak, and you know, half the time I find myself since all our properties are in close uh, proximity to where we live, I find myself, oh, this this went wrong with this property. This toilet's not working, or this shower rod fell down or whatever. I find myself always like, oh, well, I can just drive over there. It'll take me 30 minutes and fix it. But eventually that gets very draining, especially when we're trying to fit that into my full-time job time, family time. Yeah, Yeah, family and big one. And letting go of control that and just delegating those tasks has been a huge struggle for me personally. Luckily, we're working on that. I've actually just hired a virtual assistant. And so that's helped a lot just to take some things off my plate, little by little. I'm still trying to, give up some control but but yeah that's that's definitely one of the biggest struggles that i've found in growing the business
2: if you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start then i recommend you go and book in a call with boostly and our team right now we can walk you through exactly what we're offering how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche but could be in your location as well Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, dot uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team.
0: Definitely. Sometimes having it on your doorstep it is all too tempting. And what's interesting about this is just in this last few hours, I've come off a, a podcast with um, a chap called Michael Chang. And we were talking about VAs and how important it is with somewhere between like five and 10 properties that you get a VA to really help you move to that next level, because all of a sudden that frees up time in your business. So that is really cool that you've got it. And uh, how did you hire your VA out of interest? Uh, so I used this uh, service called Virtual Staff Finder.
1: I think they cost a couple hundred bucks, but they go out and find three or four virtual assistants that fit with what you're looking for and then um you interview them uh, through skype or whatever it may be and you kind of pick who you want to choose and yeah it's a super
0: super helpful service if i ever go for another va i'm definitely going to use them again yeah, they're fantastic and and um i'm slightly biased too because i've used them they are really really good at what they do and and it's all although you pay for it it cuts out so much work about finding a good va because Uh, That'd be so much worse to have a VA who you start training and then you have to let go for for whatever reason or it doesn't work out. Whereas when you go through a company or an agency like Virtual Staff Finder, they do find you the best out of like 50 or 100 candidates, don't they? Which is really cool. So cool. Let's uh, move on then to who is on your team? How do you do this when you're working full time? Do you have people around you who can help you?
1: Yeah, so... Our VA definitely helps a lot. She we only have her part-time right now, I guess until we grow a little more. there's more more time that we need to, I guess. but uh, right now it's just me, my wife, she helps with the guest messaging quite a bit. And you know at, at the end of the day, I feel like it's not that much guest messaging that we have to do. More of the tasks in the business are those administrative tasks, like sending out those hotel reports or sending reports to owners, um, changing the pricing, these those things on the back. and a lot of people think it's like, oh, well, People are going to be messaging me all day and I'm going to be getting calls in the middle of the night. And really like the guest messaging for me is pretty minor. Maybe like when they check in, if they have a question on where are the towels or something like that. But but yeah, it's, it's
0: just between us three, we're able to handle it most. That's cool. And you know all them little tiny tasks? They are little, they don't take long, but there's a lot of them, isn't there? All these, every single property, you have to check the price and you have to check that. So that's where VA comes in really handy because it, it, they take out the... Um, the the day to day small tasks free up your time to go and do the stuff you need to do so what would you tell yourself then garrett if you was to be able to go back to the start what advice would you give yourself to try and make your journey smoother and wherever hosts might listen to that and really need to need to hear that at this stage i guess my top tip i would say is just set smart goals and
1: track them you know a lot of people set goals and right right now's a great time you know i guess when this comes out, it'll be February. People will probably have set their um, yearly goals. But um, a lot of people make goals just as like maybe work out more. But I say goal needs to be more like specific and measurable than that. So maybe, for example, your goal is for the month of January, I'm going to work out three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the gym. Like It's super specific. You you know exactly if you did or you didn't do that. You have to keep in mind while you're while you're doing this is what I was really getting at, you know, if you're just wanting to like supplement your income, are you wanting to create a business to sell it in the future, or just to create a business to hand on to your children? Like, for my four year old, that just walked in. Whatever it might be, there's no like right or wrong answer. That's what I would tell myself to just keep in mind if I went back. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess like while they're while we're on the topic of goals, um, I use this website called YearCompass.com. It's just a, I've used it every year for the past three years, and. Uh, it's like a yearly reflection and goal planning workbook. It's free. You just download it, print it out, or do it online. But it's been a huge difference in my business and personal life just for getting better, like every year, year in and year out, just to visualize your goals.
0: I, I think that's super important that not enough people do. Yeah, and that is great to look back because we were saying even this podcast that you're recording now, like you you might look back on this in a couple of years Time and actually go. Wow, I remember how I felt then and where my business was. But by setting these goals and moving forward, um, it's a constant uh, state of flux. You're constantly growing, aren't you, and, and progressing, which is cool. So, before we we bring these to an end, we love to do a couple of just fun, quick fire questions. Um, the answers don't have to be quick, but it's just some fun questions. So, uh, less about hospitality, just um, uh, throw it out there. So, if you could transform into one animal, what animal would it be? and why? I would say a unicorn because man, my children, my two girls, they are obsessed with unicorns and that'll probably make their day. <laughs> Amazing. What a beautiful answer. So when you travel, obviously we're talking about when uh, guests travel to us a lot of the time and the amenities that they're after. When you travel, what do you look, like, uh, look for in a short-term rental when you're looking to travel?
1: Yeah, great question. So with our two kids, especially we try to as much look for a place with like a crib or um, some kind of child amenities you know, we've we've traveled recently actually and every time we go any place we fly there we can't bring a high chair and stroller and all those things so our first stop when we go anywhere is to the super supermarket to get um, a high chair uh, travel crib and um, some kids like cups or something like that you know some kind of activities and dinnerware cups for them if they don't break we always just end up leaving them at the Airbnb that we stay at because usually they don't have them and it's too much trouble to haul it back. We'll just buy the cheapest ones we can buy and just leave them there. <laughs> but yeah, but so that's why we try to put those in our properties now too so people don't have to
0: haul that all around all the place. We know the struggle. I love the answers to the question because whenever we're asked when we travel what we're looking for, that's exactly how our guests feel. And like you said, you now put that in your places. So again, if there's people listening to this and you're trying to be family friendly, then... It doesn't cost that much to get a high chair and 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 a, a crib cot or, or or whatever it is, and also like you say, the children's utensils. I mean, in in most, not all, all of our child friendly places, we'll put the kids cutlery and a couple of plastic kind of dishes instead, you know, because that's needed, isn't it? And that's the type of stuff where when you're traveling, you don't want to have to think about packing. I mean, hey, just getting the kids ready. There's enough to get ready, isn't there? So yeah. um, you don't want to be thinking about this extra stuff. So. What was your last impulse buy? It can be something for the business. It can be just something which is, uh, you know, which you go, do you know what? I really wanted that. So I went out and got this gadget. Yeah. What What was your last impulse buy? Honestly, I do a ton of like home improvement stuff.
1: Really into all those DIY things you see on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, my last, I guess, impulse buy was this, uh, this I guess I would call it like a, a drill attachment that can help me get into like any little tiny little crevice and corner.
0: Attaches to the drill and super helpful. Nice, nice. These things make a difference though, don't they? And uh, yeah, I'm the kind of person who sees one of the adverts for things. like, it's only this much. I'll get it and just see if I use it. And then it just sits on my shelf, unfortunately, for a long time. Oh, me too,
1: me too. <laughs>
0: okay, and uh, as we bring these to a close, Garrett, what we love to do is ask, is there a motto or a mantra or something that you like to live by?
1: I'm terrible at remembering quotes
0: and mottos, but
1: definitely a mantra or, I guess, a um, saying that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. so i guess a lot of people of us focus on hustle culture right now i feel like it's very trending and you know just grind and do what you need to do work super hard to to create the life you want but um like I, i'm working still and I, I too i was doing that for the longest time just trying to work as hard as i can to reach my quote unquote goals but um rob Deerdeck, deck he, he's popular on mtv i think and that kind of stuff but he has this podcast that i listen to quite a bit he really helps you think about finding the balance between work and life. And I guess to paraphrase what he was saying in one episode is you just need to know your personal capacity and your limits to avoid getting overwhelmed. Because if you're overwhelmed, I mean, you're going to question your decisions, you're not going to have focus, just become erratic and like everything you do. So knowing your limits is really, really important, especially when you're growing a business, you know, don't, don't overextend yourself. It's okay if you take time to grow your business it doesn't have to be all done become a million dollar company in
0: two years i think that's such a actionable bit of advice that because there is so many people just go no just put put in put in all these hours put in all these hours but if you're ultimately then not enjoying it then that could kill the business anyway so um yeah you're absolutely right and one thing which i know our, our founder mark simpson would absolutely agree with you and Boostly has been around since 2016, and I actually got to over here. I get to see some snippets and and bits and pieces which don't always get broadcast. And he was talking to a, a guest, and he actually the guest said, "Hey, you know, sort of how big is Boostly and that sort of thing." He said, "Well, it's now we've got 40 staff, and and uh, you know it's, it's grown a lot, and we're now uh, helping people. We, we've made almost four million pounds worth of direct bookings for our customers in in the websites that we do." and he said the nice thing is and the thing that he's most proud of is that actually he spends his time with his family the family life comes first and then he works outside of the family hours so you know if 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 he's taking care of his kids at certain times he'll work between say 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something like that you know he's got a work he's got a fit around family and that's exactly kind of i guess the the message within uh, that podcast that you saw that ultimately Know your value, know your limits, and and where really where you want to spend your time, which is really cool and a nice way to, to draw things to a close. What was the name of that podcast? Can you remember? I think it's called Build Build with Rob. Build with Rob. Yeah, yeah, Build with Rob. Yeah, awesome. Um, that's really cool. So, thank you so much. Lastly, we need to ask: is how can we follow you? How can we get in touch? Um, yeah, and all that cool stuff.
1: Yeah. So we just actually, thanks to our VA, got um, some social media accounts set up. Um, I believe on pretty much every platform, like
0: TikTok, uh, Instagram are the two biggest ones. Uh, we're just trippy.homes. Trippy.homes, lovely. Um, yeah, so that is it for, for another episode of the Behind the Host podcast. Just um, just before we go, was there any questions that we missed or um, anything else, any final thoughts before we finish, Garrett?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I really appreciate the time though and I'm looking forward to
0: hearing this when it comes out. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. And uh, thank you too. If you're listening to this on the Boostly podcast, we know there's a lot of places you can put your attention and we really thank you for putting it with Boostly. If you do want to carry on finding out more about hospitality, more about Boostly, more about how you can get direct bookings, you can always go to Facebook, search for the group, the hospitality community. And you're welcome to come and join. That is a free open group. There's lots of us in there, uh, all sharing our thoughts on hospitality subjects. So feel free to come along on that. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. So thank you so much. Um, That's bye from me. That's bye from Garrett. We'll see you on the next one, everyone. Bye for now.